Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this is a new podcast to the Inside Carolina lineup up in the rafters where 2017 ACC Player of the Year and National Champion Justin Jackson and myself will be talking about all things Carolina basketball. Before we get started, though, I just wanted to say thank you for being here. Be sure you subscribe to Inside Carolina wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube so you never miss out on any of the content the team at IC puts out. The support doesn't go unnoticed on this end. Speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us. So that's why I've got to mention our friends over at Johnny T-Shirt. When it comes to Carolina Apparel, they have everything that you could possibly want. The T-Shirts, the jerseys, the hats, you name it, and they will probably have it. It's great people and great customer service since it's locally owned and operated by alumni. You could visit them in person on Franklin Street if you're going to be in Chapel Hill or online at johnnytshirt.com. And don't forget, Inside Carolina, premium subscribers, Get 10% off their orders. All right, it's up in the rafters. As always, I'm joined by my guy, Justin Jackson. And Justin, we're coming off a weekend in which UNC opened up the ACC tournament by handling a, a pretty down UVA team led by Tony Bennett, which normally gives Carolina a lot of troubles, but this year has kind of been the exception. And then Carolina loses to the eventual champion, Virginia Tech, seventh seed, uh, the seven-seeded Hokies in the semifinals. What were your biggest takeaways from UNC's games for moving forward going into this NCAA tournament now? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think for one, it's an odd, odd occurrence whenever you look at, um, you know, North Carolina matching up with Virginia and, and being okay with that matchup. You know, it's definitely my time while I was there and even the last few years, um, all the Tony Bennett coach teams have always been a tough matchup for UNC. But I think that game, they handled them um, how, just like how they were supposed to. Going into a Virginia Tech game where you kind of tell Virginia Tech was kind of playing desperate. Like Virginia Tech was out there. They knew they needed some big wins um, to hopefully, you know, better their seed in the in the NCAA tournament. Um, and you could just tell UNC was kind of gassed. Um, for one, anytime you have an off shooting night like they had that night, it's going to be tough to win a game, no matter how good your team is. Um, but then you could just kind of see, you know, the the back to back games and the low amount of players that they play in a game is tough, you know, thankfully for the NCAA tournament and throughout the season, you have at least a day in between games. And so I think that's kind of what you saw in the ACC in the ACC tournament was just kind of their, how small their rotation kind of caught up with them. Um, but, you know, I think you saw some good things as far as the way that they competed even throughout that game, even throughout a, a tough shooting night. Um, and so they definitely can take that um, and take kind of how they finished off the regular season and into the ACC tournament, hopefully that momentum into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think I think it is worrying how little people Carolina plays. And 
they were coming off that emotional Duke game where you have somebody like Brady Manick and uh, RJ Davis playing the entire game and everybody playing the entire second half from that starting five. And you have, you have the back-to-back in Brooklyn and you mentioned how in the NCAA tournament, you at least have like a day in between the, the first two games for somebody like myself and for a lot of listeners who have never been in these kind of environments, how big of a difference does that one day in between games make? It's huge. Um, I mean, for one, it gives you time to just recover uh, your body. You know, after a hard fought game, it's it's tough, especially in the NCAA tournament. Those games are it's a completely you know, I like to say it's kind of a completely different season. Like you're playing against teams you've never seen. You're playing against teams who are I mean, they, they've got nothing to lose, just how you should play. Um, but just having that day in between, being able to get a good night's rest, being able to get naps in the next day, being able to get treatment with, you know, the staff, the, the training staff that you have on your team, um, it makes a huge difference. Um, so, you know, as a basketball player, you always feel like you could just play again, you know, but realistically, your body needs time to recover, Um for that soreness to get out, for you to be able to get whatever aches and pains you have, you know, taken care of. So having that extra day is, is big. Um, and so hopefully in this tournament, hopefully you can start out with one win and then have that, those, you know, that day or two to be able to get that recovery. You won the ACC tournament in 2016, your, your sophomore season, but you lost in 2015 in the finals and then 2017 in the semifinals. Did it differ at all when you're moving on from the ACC tournament when you lost compared to you compared to when you won? Or did you always just kind of have that, you know, this is a, a new type of season approach? Yeah, thankfully, we always, you know, we uh, our seating was always, you know, decently high, um, you know, my sophomore and junior year, especially the ACC tournament didn't really have much effect on that. Um, obviously it sucks because we lost, we lost to Duke in the semis my junior year. And then who did we lose to my sophomore year? No freshman year at Notre Dame. Yeah. We lost to Notre Dame. Oh, that was a tough one. Um, but uh, thankfully like the, the ACC tournament didn't affect us as much for the seating. I think it's different whenever you're kind of fighting for, you know, a better seating or, you know, fighting to get into the tournament. Um, but I think each one, we kind of always like segmented each part of the season. So it'd be like regular season. We try to win the AC regular season. Then you go into the AC tournament. You try to win that tournament. Then you go into the NCAA tournament and say, okay, this is a totally new, new experience. Um, so I think that's kind of how they have to keep their mindset. I think one of, one of my favorite days of the year is, is selection Sunday. And, you could see the the closeness of the team. Everybody's has the excitement to fill out brackets. Do you have any of Do you have any good memories from Selection Sunday when you guys are all gathered around that you know fans that you want fans to hear about? Like, what were your best Selection Sunday memories? Yeah, I mean, we would just always go over to Coach Williams' house. Um, we would all get there. Uh, Miss Wanda would you know cook up some desserts. Um, and we would go over there, hang out, um, eat some good food, and then we would just wait and watch the show. Um, so that was kind of, I would say that that's one of the moments that kind of epitomizes the whole family atmosphere of UNC is, you know, we would literally just be hanging out in Coach Williams' family room, um, you know, with all his 
hundreds and hundreds of decorations of things he's won uh, throughout the year. We would just go over there and hang out, um, kind of talk and, and enjoy some good food while we watched and see what, what we were going to be playing. What was the best dessert? Man, so she would make some strawberry shortcake um, and she would make a whole bunch of stuff. They'd have ice cream. Um, needless to say, it wasn't the most healthiest, you know, food to be eating going into the NCAA tournament, but we would always have, you'd always have almost a week to get ready for it. So um, <laughs> we would shed that off quick. Coming from a school like North Carolina and just the tournament in general, playing in this tournament, it's, it's an event where you have, you know, more press conference responsibilities, practices are open to the public. How did you handle the preparation with all that noise ramping up? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's um, it's one of those things that you really just have to enjoy. Um, you know, I, I'm never I've never really been one of those guys that just loves to kind of, you know, be out there in the spotlight necessarily. Um, but this is, you know, making the NCAA tournament is as normal as it seems for UNC fans and UNC players. It's not something you take for granted. You know, there's so many more teams that didn't make the cut or, or, or lost in their conference tournament you know, to, to get that bid. Um, so it's something you definitely don't take for granted and you just enjoy every moment of it, especially the further and further that you go. Um, you know, those were some uh, making those final four runs and things like that were some of the best memories of my basketball career. Just, you know, whether it was the open, the open practices or, you know, the extra uh, media stuff that you have to do as a team or whatever it might be. Um, those were some of the best times I ever had. So they just have to enjoy every moment of it. What do you remember most about your first NCAA tournament game? Because it was against Harvard. It was the the 4-13 matchup. And from my memory, Harvard gave you guys a game, and you had to kind of turn it on there at the end. Harvard, definitely. They almost beat us. Um, they played extremely well. I think their coach, Tommy Amaker, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was a great coach. He actually recruited me. I was never going to be able to go to Harvard, um, but he recruited me. Um, and so I already knew kind of what kind of coach he was. And they came out with nothing to lose. Um, all I remember in that game is I think we got a stop at the end of the game and I got a fast break dunk and guys made fun of me. Cause when I dunked the rim didn't bend at all. Like the rim just stayed as if somebody like, Nobody dunked the ball. Um, so that's all I remember from that game and and thankfully getting out of that. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to Coach Amaker and, and that Harvard team because they definitely almost got us for sure. Yeah, I think I think you guys were down to you hit like a, a little jumper. Then you guys got to stop, bricked off the, the backboard. And then it was a, a fast break, Marcus, to you dunk to kind of to kind of seal the game but I remember I remember being worried the entire time but before that game at all since it was your first NCAA tournament did you did you have more nerves or did it kind of just feel like a normal game um I mean I think you you have kind of the normal nerves it's something new it's kind of your first first time to go play um, at a neutral site against a totally different team you never played against um you see all the banners March Madness all that kind of stuff and it's you know, especially as a freshman, it's something that you always, you know, you've always watched growing up. You've always dreamed about playing in. So you definitely have a few nerves. Uh, but once, 
once you kind of get on that court and start warming up, getting ready for the game, um, you know, I was able at least to be able to kind of lock in and focus on that court and just, just go out there and play. I mentioned how much I, I love Selection Sunday, but my, my two favorite days of the year, Thursday, Friday, the first two rounds of uh, the NCAA tournament, well, the opening round of the NCAA tournament against Harvard, and even the next two years, you guys always avoided that early round upset on the Thursday, Friday. You, don't, you never want to be that sad team going home to a 15, a 16, any, any kind of double-digit seeds. But, you know, you do get the madness. You do get the drama. You do, you do get the upsets. How much of that are the players watching when you are playing in the tournament? Or are you kind of just focused on your, your game in a, a singular focus? Yeah, I mean, I think whenever it comes to you preparing for the game and you getting ready to play the game, you usually just focus on yourself. Um, but, I mean, throughout the NCAA tournament, you have basketball on 24-7. Like, you're watching all the teams. Um, you know, you might be watching people that are kind of in your bracket. Uh, but, I mean, that's the best part about March Madness is there's a game on literally starting it at, like, 3 o'clock every single day, and it's going on throughout the entire day. So, um, I think, you know, whether you're a player or a fan, you've got that bas- you've got basketball on literally 24 seven. So even when you're playing in it, um, when you're not focusing on, on the preparation for your, your game, you're still watching some of those games for sure. Yeah. The first game tomorrow is, uh, 12, 15 Eastern time. And then you have 14 games following that. It's, <laughs> And then it's it's so great that you just get to do it again the next day with uh, with 30, I guess, 32 other teams um, playing playing their games. But um, before the opening round, is there any thought like this could be my season right here if, if we don't win or if we don't execute? Or is that a thought that you have to try to keep as far away as possible? I think you have to use it um, as some sort of motivation. You obviously don't want to go into a game thinking about that because it'll make you play a lot more tense, let you, you know, make you play out of your game. Um, but you definitely have to use that as motivation. Like you have nothing to lose. You see a lot of these teams that are, you know, kind of the higher ranked teams, double digit, you know, seated teams that go out there. And that's why you see some of these upsets, right? Like that's why you see a Cinderella team every single tournament because they go out there and they play like they have nothing to lose. Like we weren't supposed to be here in the tournament, but why not go out here and then do everything we can to try to win and move on. So I think you use that as motivation, but then you also just have to stay locked in and focused on what the coaching staff has for you, the preparation that you have um, and just go out there and try to win. Yeah. I think, I think one thing that it's easy to forget that, like even these smaller teams, like they won their conference tournament or they they earned an automatic bid or uh, everybody is in the tournament because they belong. You, you know, some of the bubble teams were kind of fringe teams, but for the most part, everybody here is either champions or really high level teams that that can execute at a high level and can catch anybody on on their off day or if one team kind of catches fire, then they start playing well. Um, so I think that's kind of what makes the tournament so great. But UNC gets the eight seed. Their matchup in the first round is number nine, Marquette from the Big East. The scary part of that draw is that Marquette is coached by Shaka Smart, 
who is 3-0 in his career against the Tar Heels. You lost to him during your sophomore season when you guys went to Austin as the number three team in the country. What is it about Smart's team that make them so challenging? I mean, I think it's honestly, it's just the energy level that he coaches with, you know, it feeds his team. When you see, when I think about that Texas team that we played against, they're, we were the better team, right? But like they came out and the way he's, you know, he's running up and down the sideline. He's, you know, he's yelling, he's, he's getting his guys involved. The way that he coaches just feeds the energy of the team. Um, obviously you, you got to have good players and he usually has good players on his teams. Um, but I think just the way that he handles his players and the way that his players go out there and play for him, um, I think that's kind of, you know, a testament to his type of coaching. I think, you know, when I saw this matchup, I think my first initial thought was, what's the coincidence that uh, that we play Marquette when we had or have um, a former Marquette player on our on our team, huh? But um, we'll leave that for another day. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a good test, man. Like when, when you see a, a team, you know, that you haven't seen all year, but you know you have a coach in Shaka Smart. You know you have some guys from the Big East who are going to come in and battle. Um, you know I think this is going to be it's going to be a good test for him for sure. Yeah, if you if you had to list the the top like three coaches that you wouldn't want to see right now if you're Carolina, it would be Shaka Smart is somewhere in that top three because of like you mentioned his his team's kind of taking on his identity and. uh I always remember Kenny talking really highly about Chaka Smart when he, mm-hmm. he was, uh, since he was committed to VCU. And one of the things he always talked about was like Chaka Smart is running with them in, in practice when he's going on visits and seeing that kind of energy that you're talking about. So it's, it, he's a, he seems like he would be an easy coach to play for and uh, it should be a fun matchup. But from your experience, say Carolina wins on Thursday against Marquette. How quickly do you go from celebrating in that locker room to with a game against number one Baylor on Saturday, real real quickly approaching? Um, yeah, coach would always say, let's enjoy the win tonight. And then tomorrow when we wake up, it's a new day. We got to get ready for the next one. Um, so I think that's the approach, you know, whether it's the number one Baylor or it's, you know, you're playing it's number 15 seed, whatever. I think that's the approach. Anytime you win a game in the NCAA tournament, you have to celebrate it a little bit because it is a big accomplishment, you know, just because, you know, the amount of teams that aren't there in the NCAA tournament, the work that you put in to make it there, and then the work that you put in to, to win the game, um, you got to appreciate it a little bit. But like you said, it's a quick turnaround. You know, you go from Thursday, you got Friday off, and then boom, you're playing against the number one seed in your, in your side of the bracket. So, um, you know, I think that's how we always handled it was, you know, we celebrate it once we get back to the locker room. We celebrate it that night after dinner, um, go to sleep, and then you wake up and it's, you know, okay, who are we playing next? So I think hopefully they can focus in on this Marquette game and then they can have that experience. From your time, say say your, your junior season, for example, you, you play Texas Southern on Friday and then you, you, tu- you turn around and you play Arkansas on Sunday – nobody's mentioning mentioning Arkansas until that Saturday or you're not worried about what they're doing on, on film at all, because 
I'd assume the coaches in the background, they're doing their scout, they're sending people to the games, but from the, from the team's perspective, you're not looking ahead to the next opponent at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, we might know who won on our side of the bracket, but we don't pay attention to it at all until after the game. Um, Like you said, I mean, the coaching staff definitely sends coaches, you know, to go scout the team that we might be playing or whatever. Um, but they always wanted us to focus in on the game that we were playing that day. Um, and so, you know, obviously, you know, we watch games. Like I said, you watch games, you have the ESPN app, you check in on, you know, who's winning, who's doing what. So usually you would know, especially whenever you have the Friday game, usually you would know who won on the Thursday games. Um, so you would have some sort of um, idea of who you might be seeing the next round, but we try to just focus in on the game that we were playing that day. And then, focus in on the next team whenever hopefully we got that win. So that was kind of our mindset. I'm sure Coach Davis and that coaching staff does kind of the same thing if I had to guess. So uh, I think that's kind of the best the best way to go about it. And Carolina is playing in Fort Worth, Texas. They flew into Dallas yesterday where you currently are, and you're getting ready for a, a road trip to Canada um, with with the Texas Legends. So if, if people are coming down to Dallas, Fort Worth, UNC fans, you know, what kind of recommendations can you give them in the area as as a local and in, in your in your neck of the woods? I mean, it's it's Texas has for food. They've got a little bit of everything. In my opinion, they got the best food, some of the best food um, in the country, better than New York, better than, uh, in my opinion, North Carolina. Um, so I'll give them some recommendations as far as there's some great Mexican food spots. Um, you know, you can go on and on. There's Uncle Julio's, there's Papacitos, there's Chewy's. Um, they got uh, great seafood, Papado's. Uh, they got a bunch of different places that you can, you can find. Um, so you need some good food. There's some good food. Uh, and Texas, Dallas, for sure, is huge. So you can find whatever you need to find um, at any point in time. I don't know why you took the unnecessary shot at New York, but when you're <laughs> listing out places. I didn't hear any pizza places. No, my fault. I just, I, you know, <laughs> New York was one of the big cities that came to mind. You know, they just came from Brooklyn. So, you know, I kind of, that's kind of where I went with that. But, yeah, I definitely have better food than New York. But, uh, you know. I hope everybody enjoys their time. Dallas is a dope city, so enjoy your time, and hopefully Tar Heels can come out with two wins. Carolina Marquette, first round of the NCAA tournament, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on TBS. Me and Justin will be back next week to break it all down. Hopefully hopefully have more than one game to talk about and kind of recap the season. And if, if we're talking about Carolina still playing next week, I think it's a good sign. It's a great sign. Fantastic sign. We should be celebrating for that whole entire week if that's the case. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 